Leaving the Bronx Yankees podcast. Mike Stanton in Houston, three-time Yankees World Championship reliever. Uh, Pete Caldera here in Denver, where the uh, Yankees open up their second half. This is a uh, opening second half road trip that will take uh, the Yankees also to uh, Anaheim and uh, Shohei Otani, who I think they're going to miss. Uh, won't pitch against them, but uh, certainly would be a threat with the bat. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It would seem like a very long All-Star break. I mean, the home run yeah. derby was nice. It was was pretty good. The game was pretty good. I think we we kind of got what we expected. You know, we figured that the pitching, you know, because offense has been down, the pitching was going to dominate. That's exactly what we did. What what we had. But you know, I, I'm I'm still getting used to this whole idea of having four days off. It wasn't until my very last year that I ever got the fourth day. Every other time, it was three days. Let's go back to work. Yeah, yeah, and I think last year. Yankees had to play a, a doubleheader uh, coming out of the break, right, to mm-hmm. make up some of those games. And uh, right, it kind of just wrecks your your whole yeah. All Star <laughs> week. Um, and the the National League finally finally wins one. So, uh, but uh, where we left off uh, at, at Yankee Stadium, Mike, was really interesting. Uh, so mm-hmm. that that Sunday, uh, last game of the the first half, uh, Longgate Yankee Stadium uh, included a rain delay, and uh, about I don't know an hour later. Uh, they do something they have never done in the Brian Cashman era, yeah. 26 years uh, at the helmet as GM, which was fire a coach or a manager in midseason. And Dylan Lawson uh, uh, got was fired, and they yeah. hired Sean uh, Casey. Now, the mm-hmm. difference just right off the bat being that uh, Lawson had, had never played the big leagues, had never right. coached at the big league level before the Yankees hired him before the 22 22- season sean casey everybody knows uh gregarious personality 302 lifetime batting average over 12 seasons um just warning about your take and uh i mean listen we we all know coaches are uh you know big leaguers you get to the big leagues you know how to hit you know how to throw right um they're more it seems like mental coaches and and uh you know people who kind of push you on a right track notice something but uh you know, to, to make wholesale changes and expect something to dramatically happen overnight just because of a coaching change, I don't know. What do you feel about that? Well, we have to start off with a disclaimer. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. We right. don't know the conversations. We don't know if there was any kind of discrepancy between, you know, teaching styles or what he, what information they're trying to put out there. But I always shake my head, you know, with a little grin when, you know, a pitching coach or a hitting coach gets fired because you're firing the lowest guy on the totem pole. You know, that those those guys, and when, like you said, when you get to the big leagues, you got to remember, all these dudes are type A personalities. They get to the big leagues. They get to be major league baseball players because of the success they've had in their careers, starting from a very young age. And so the information and any kind of idea that a hitting coach uh, wants to give to a hitter can only be received if the hitter wants to receive it and you can't force them to listen. So that's why I kind of look at it with a raised eyebrow, just simply because, you know, it's, it's, you know, why is he getting fired? He's getting fired because the hitters weren't doing what their job, they weren't doing what they're supposed to do. It's the same thing when a pitching coach gets fired, the pitchers aren't pitching well. Um, now, the interesting thing is they bring in Sean Casey. Now, Sean Casey's been around baseball, obviously, for a very long time. He's been with MLB Network Television for 15 years. Um, you know, he's been able to make the circuit. He knows everyone. He's interviewed a lot of guys. 
Uh, he you know knows knows hitting very well. Not a big home run hitter, but a big time contact base hit line drive type hitter. Uh, and you know with no coaching experience. Now Sean goes into this with really nothing to lose. Okay. If the Yankees don't get better, well, you brought them in in the middle of the season. What do you what do you really expect? If they do well, now all of a sudden he may be a hero or a savior. Um, I think in both ways it's probably going to be overblown. But a couple of things about Sean Casey. First thing we know, he's going to come with high energy, high positive energy, and you know he's got the relationship with Aaron Boone. That's obviously where a lot of this came from. You know, they probably talked hitter, hitting for decades, and uh, this is just one of those things. But when you bring a guy in in the middle of a season, has to be a guy that guys know. It also has to be a guy that has the respect of the clubhouse from day one, maybe even before day one. Yeah. And that's what Sean does. You bring somebody in from the minor leagues, you know, an organizational guy, you bring a guy in that, you know, doesn't have uh, a whole lot of, on his resume, I think that you're going to, that's where you're going to have problems because especially with a veteran club, just not going to get the ear of the players, but Sean Gacy, what Sean Casey will. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what he's able to do. We've already heard reports that he's already called many, many of the players. He's already trying to build that relationship because that's the key. The information that he gets as of right now, the information that he can give the hitters is really secondary. What the key is, is building the relationship with the players and building the trust of the players that he really does have their back. So that's going to be the biggest key right here at the beginning for Sean is to just, you know, open that dialogue. And I think more than anything else, what he's going to have to do is listen, not give the information, listen. And if he does that, now he can kind of have a back and forth and now he can start building that relationship. But the thing is, it's got to be on the fly and, you know, Things you just don't know how they're going to work. But I think starting off in Colorado may help just a little bit because there should be some offense. Yeah, there should be. And uh, and right in the Rockies pitching staff is uh, not among the best in the league. Uh, this is <laughs> You're the, being nice. Right, this yeah. is a, a real – it's a soft spot for the Yankees to open up their second half. And, uh, yeah. yeah, as you said, uh, you know, right, Casey comes with the, uh, you know, the, the resume, yeah. uh, the big league resume. And, and that's and, important. Right. It's important right now. He has to be it because when he walks in the door, he has right. to be able to get the res- at least the respect for what he's done. And that's right. why, you know, having, you know, 12 years, having a, a career batting average of over 300, you know, the respect that he's had being on TV for all these years. I think that all comes with uh, that all comes with Sean and that's going to help him in this endeavor to try and get these guys right. What really needs to happen Dudes need to get healthy. You know, they need to get healthy. They need yeah. to get right. The getting right part of it. That's why they brought in Sean. Well, that's right. And uh, right, you mentioned his uh, infectious personality too. I mean, you you spend two minutes with him and, and big uh, energy, big positivity. Yep. Yeah. You know, right? You, you think he can hit uh, three hundred right away just from just from having <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, yeah. but you know, Mike, and this, but this also does uh, you know reflect back on on. Uh, on Cashman and the, sure. uh, the the roster construction of this team, um, you know, it it puts even more pressure, I think, on on manager Aaron Boone because you know you you're basically saying there's some you're you're admitting to there's something dramatically wrong here, 
yeah. that needs fixing and uh and we had to do something to uh, initiate this now no doubt if it stays this way and there's there's no other catastrophic injuries on this team um you know there's going to be more dominoes to, to fall after the season if, if, if they don't well, i i think you really you really hit the nail on the head when you mentioned aaron boone because this obviously is an aaron boone move you know he he had to lobby the the relationship that him and sean casey have had over the years being teammates all the way back in the cincinnati day and and you know when sean was still playing you know 15 20 years ago um i mean you know he's kind of putting his neck on the line here now again I don't know what Sean can actually do. I'm not exactly, you know, he's not going to go up there with the bat himself. So it's going to be more about, you know, getting the process, making sure the guys are staying positive, putting in the work you need to put into. And you know, Sean's going to be able to do that. But it's going to be weird because Sean's never done this before. He's never traveled with the team. He's never been a big league coach. You know, it's going to be a, a very, very steep learning curve for Sean Casey. Right, and he did. He did speak with Boone uh, before this season began, when they were hiring assistant hitting coaches. You know, just uh, circumstances being what sure. they were. He, he, yeah, I didn't he, think this came. This just came out of the blue. That this right. has been at least talked about for probably quite a while. Exactly, but right. Uh, but to your point about uh, what the Yankees need to do, you've got DJ LeMahieu batting uh, 220 right now. You've got mm-hmm. Carlos Stanton with uh, the lowest OPS of his career uh, in season at this point. Anthony Rizzo. Uh, hasn't hit a home run since late May. The production uh, slipped dramatically in June, although he's picked it up uh, lately. Josh Donaldson has hit 150 since coming back off the the IL. I mean, this is the systemic issue with the Yankee lineup, yeah. and they are still waiting uh, for Aaron Judge to to ride back into this uh, lineup. And we still don't know as we begin this second half exactly when that will be. I mean, yeah. just to throw a a dart at the the calendar. I guess you're looking at sometime around mid to late August, just by the, the progression of this thing, because he has said to us and they have said to us that uh, until he begins running, they really won't know a timetable. Sure. And as of right now, as we're doing this podcast, uh, uh, he has not begun running outside. Yeah. Yeah. They've been very cryptic about this and I understand why. I mean, you, you don't want to, you don't want to put a date on it and then miss the date because then all that is just put more pressure on you. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I agree. I don't think we can see him before mid-August. He's been off long enough now. And you got to remember, he's not able to get onto his feet and do the running and get his legs in shape the way he needs to to be an everyday player. So he's going to have to build back up. I'm sure he's doing everything he can, but it's not going to be the same as actually being on your feet, running around the outfield, swinging the bat, doing all the things that makes Aaron Judge Aaron Judge. Right. So it's going to take time. Once he gets back on his feet, it's going to take time for him to get back in baseball shape. So I think mid-August uh, is 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 maybe best-case scenario right now. Right. And uh, just to backtrack, we're talking about the right big toe injury uh, mm-hmm. with, with a ligament tear there that, that may or may not uh, need a surgical procedure down the line. Uh, to, to repair. Um, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from the trade deadline here, Mike. Um, yeah. You know, we're, with, I mean, and I do subscribe to the, you never have enough pitching and I'm sure the, no. the Cashman lieutenants <laughs> will be searching for, for pitching too. And, uh, but they are, they, they're in the midst of getting people back and have gotten uh, calls for Don will make his second start coming out of the, the break here. Uh, second start of his season. Uh, and, um, Nestor Cortez should be back in their rotation uh, 
almost by the time that the Yankees see the Houston uh, Astros for the first time in, uh, in that first week of August. So there's a chance he, he could pitch against them or against the White Sox a, right. a few days later. Uh, but they will be getting him back. Um, you know, they they still need to get Severino right. But uh, the, the focus of their um, pursuit um, in, in trades – I have to think it's got it. We're back to left-handed hitting outfielders and uh, you know, perhaps Cody Bellinger is, is the, uh, is a short-term answer a guy with, with the Cubs who's moving into his, uh, who's in his free agent walk here. Right. May not, uh, you know, cost uh, too and much. Having a good, and having a good season. Hall. First yeah. one, first one, it seems like in about six years, but I think it's only about three or four. <laughs> right. And, and you'd like a guy who, uh, you know, who could play all three outfield positions, play them well, can play first base. Um, yeah. Listen, Cody can do those very well. Yes. But, you know, the Yankees being the Yankees, you're going to hear Otani's name. You're going to hear of uh, course. a lot of names out there. I just don't know. I mean, I'm and I'm sure they're in, they're in on everyone. They they talk to everyone about everyone. Yeah. And uh, but do they have it? I mean, they, they spent a lot of uh, of their minor league capital uh, last year on, mm-hmm. on trades that across the board didn't help them, um, you know, from from Montas to, to Ben Intendi because right. of injuries. Um, I mean, they still have some uh, some elite prospects, but uh, I don't know what the appetite is to spend on those uh, for short-term needs on a, on a club that, uh, you know, yeah. frankly has a, a, a lot of offensive needs right now. Especially for rentals. I mean, that's, that's the case. You know, if it's something that you get another year, okay, that's a different story. You can give a bit. But the thing is, there are so many teams in Major League Baseball that are still in the running because you have to look down the the in both central divisions. Almost everybody is still at least in play, um, so you don't know how many how many sellers are going to be. Uh, the problem is there's going to be a lot of buyers. There's only you know really the Braves might be the only team you'd look at and say you know what they may be pretty good, but even the Braves will be looking to upgrade at least minimally. Uh, here at the trade deadline. So the problem is, what does that make it? That makes it a seller's market. And that means things are going to get very expensive. Uh, And Shohei is going to be at the top. I don't know if he gets moved. I really don't. I think they need to. I think they have to get something for him. Uh, You know, it's going to be a very unique package coming back in the other way, just like, you know, the offseason is going to be fascinating to see where Shohei ends up and what the contract looks like. But it's 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 just one of those things that the Angels are probably going to be asking a pretty high price, and who is going to be willing to give it, you know? And that's gonna that's gonna be the biggest issue here for several teams, and you know the Yankees. One thing you can say about every team across the board is that you can always use more pitching. Okay, that's something that every trade deadline you can write that in ink. You don't have to write that in pencil because you're not going to erase it. Everybody can use more pitching. But yeah, the, the issues that the Yankees have, they need a left-handed bat in the outfield. And they need somebody that's going to be substantial. But, you know, is that really realistic in what we're going to, you know, is going to be out there for them to bring in? I don't think it is. You know, if they can bring in somebody, you know, like Bellinger, um, that is, he's not going to be expensive because there's only two months left on the contract, two and a half months left on the contract, depending on when when that happens and playoffs on top of that, that's the type of player that you're looking at. You're not going to be looking at, you know, a middle of the lineup impact bat because the Yankees just aren't going to be able to afford it. Right. And uh, just to wrap this up, the uh, 2024 schedule came out a couple of yeah. days ago. And uh, 
Yankees will be uh, in your backyard. On there the you go. Here. They're, they're coming to Houston to open the season. Yeah, that's gonna that'll be fun. Um, you know, this is actually something that base, Major League Baseball does here and there. I can remember after the Red Sox won their first World Series, uh, that was 2000 and was 2002, 2003. Um, the next year, yeah, they started against the Yankees, went to Fenway, and opened up against the Red Sox. So uh, I don't think Astros, Yankees are quite Astros, Red Sox, especially back then, but still pretty heated rivalry to start off the season. Yes, and uh, and a reversal from this year because, uh, you know, as we're here in the middle of July, the Yankees have not seen the Astros. It's crazy. Uh, yet, and uh, don't go to Houston until, what, early September. I think. Right. So, incredible. All right, Mike, well, we'll wrap it up from here as we start the uh, second half. Glad you were with us on our podcast, and uh, so long. We'll see you next week. All right. Adios, folks. All right.